This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Now, are you the kind of person that uh, goes to a dating service? And a lot of people do for a whole bunch of reasons. They don't want to do the bar scene. Uh, They're not interested in being set up. Uh, They want someone to meet that has a good chance of panning out for the kind of relationship they want. Uh, Maybe they're complete losers and uh, couldn't get laid in a Tijuana whorehouse with a fistful of $100 bills. Maybe. Well, uh, there is a story in England where a woman takes a company called 7030 to court after it refused to refund her $16,000 fee. Why? Because it, it failed to find her a rich boyfriend. That's how they marketed themselves. So she uh, forks out, Teresa Berkey is her name, or Teresa Berkey, forks out sixteen grand to join the agency 7030 in the hopes of finding, quote, the man of my dreams, the father of my child. And she expected a scientific approach to finding her soulmate. And she said the agency let her down, despite its marketing claims about how many wealthy, eligible, available men it had on the books when she joined. Instead, she claimed she was not put in touch with one single man she liked and whose profiles had been shown to her before she paid the fees. Her lawyer said she was uh, seeking a refund and damages, distress, upset, disappointment, frustration of not finding a partner. Come on. Uh, Everybody who doesn't find a partner is distressed, upset, disappointed, and frustrated. Um, So uh, she's telling in court uh, to the company, you shouldn't promise people who are in a fragile state of mind in their mid-40s, the man of their dreams, and not produce. So uh, she is suing the dating service. By the way, the 7030 is an interesting name. It's named after the work-life ratio of successful people. Go figure that one out. So they're countersuing her, uh, saying that we did show you people. You've been offered six matches. And moreover, and this one I don't understand, the founder, Susie Ambrose, said that good-looking people were marked as green on the database. And here it is. We gave her six green people. And the company identified 70 men in its database as possible matches for her. That was the uh, the, uh, testimony. I'm assuming that if six uh, were matched, uh, good-looking, then I guess uh, 64 were ugly and uh, were successful. Anyway, uh, we'll see what happens. Should be a lot of fun on that one. Let's take some phone calls. Uh, Hey, Zeus. Hello, hey, Zeus. Okay. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I have a situation where uh, I, I, I rented a hall for my wedding three weeks ago. And uh, on our contract, it was said that we're, we were going to have uh, curtains hanging off the wall with lighting. And when we showed up, there was nothing. The walls were uh, completely naked. I contacted the, the hall manager. Uh, he's been trying to, well, from what I've seen, it's been three weeks. He barely contacted me yesterday. So I feel like he's uh, kind of uh, dodging me. And uh, I wanted to see what would be the yeah, best. Yeah, no, way. that's it. You know, I, and I get that. It's the the difficulty here, Jesus, is ascertaining the damages. Okay. And that is uh, a problem. Uh, on the other hand, of all of the uh, contracts that should be 
uh, fulfilled under these circumstances, uh, you argue that the damages are pretty, pretty severe because mm-hmm. it's one wedding. You're not going to do it again. This is a once mm-hmm. in a lifetime uh, occurrence for you. It's as important as anything you're going to do. Getting married is fairly high up there on the importance level during your lifetime. And he screwed it up and he didn't and he did not fulfill his contract. Um, so what I would do is I I would go to small claims court and sue him for 10 grand and see if that works. Because you're not going to get a lawyer. If you get a lawyer, it's going to be really expensive. And the judge okay. and the judge may just say, uh, no, thanks. So if you sue for $10,000, Jesus, and you explain that, uh, in mm-hmm. that, Your Honor, our wedding uh, was ni- noth- nothing like it should have been. Uh, the walls were bare, and I want $10,000. And, we'll, and the judge may give it to you. The judge may give you $200. Depends on the judge. You hope that a judge has, uh, in fact, had his wedding or her wedding screwed up by someone and uh, is still thinking about it that many years later. Okay. All right. Try it. I would go. Yeah, I would go to small claims court for the jurisdictional limits and see what happens. Uh, Because when you think about it, uh, okay, what are the damages? Well, I mean, what do you want? A million dollars? A thousand dollars? You know, are you emotionally upset that you're going to a shrink, which no one's going to believe that? Uh, Oh my God, I was upset. I'm going to have nightmares. I'm never going to be the same because I didn't have the curtains on the wall. On the other hand, it's, hey, I paid for the curtains, and this is my wedding, right? Uh, this isn't a party that I'm having. It's my wedding. And so uh, it's one of those uh, where if I were the judge, I'd give you the ten grand. Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Hi. Yes, I ma'am. I have an adult daughter who three and a half years ago temporarily moved in with my husband and I into a one-bedroom apartment. She has the living room. We have our room. Um, It was only supposed to be temporary because she was going through a divorce, and it's now three and a half years later. I have asked her to move. She has not done it. I have written her notice move she has not done it um she's not on the lease how do i get her out of here well i mean technically it's uh well if you're going to follow the law you have to evict her kimberly i do have to evict. you have do to I? evict her now a lot of people in your certain under your circumstances would just change the locks uh but that gives her the opportunity to come back and sue you for wrongful eviction right we were told by the local police department because she has um, received mail here. She has residency. Oh yeah, no, no, she definitely has residency, Kimberly. Okay, and there's no and question. That was even after the first week. She had residency. Not after here. a week. Not after a week. But as you go into weeks, uh, she had residency. If you're talking a couple of years, oh, uh, there's no way to there's no way to get around that, Kimberly. So we go okay. back to if you are going to follow the law and make yourself bulletproof so she doesn't come after you legally with a good case, Kimberly, you evict her. Okay. You have to evict her. Yeah. You have no choice. Yeah, because we heard about the the parents in New York and the um, injectment, but California doesn't have the injectment. Yeah. Uh, the parents in New York, well, they, they but they had followed uh, the law and they did evict And the guy in New York simply wanted more time, another 30 days to get out. And the judge said, no, you're out right now. So there was an eviction during that process. 
So that's what you're going to have to do. So uh, you have to follow the rules. You can do it yourself. Go on the Internet. Make sure that you follow all the rules. For example, uh, notice to get out uh, 30, 60 days probably, and you have her served, and you cannot serve her. You have to have someone else or the marshal serve her. So you have to follow the rules. But you'll get her out. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, and, and that's probably what my daughters would do is stay there for the rest of their lives. And, uh, you know, there we are, and I'm half dead, and they're still there. All right, this is Handle on the Law. Oh, it's Saturday night. A break for the wicked on the weekend. Mama, can I get another amen? Oh, oh, This is KFI AM 640. We're stimulating talk. Bill Handle here on a Saturday Welcome aboard, everybody. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Michael. Hi, Michael. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Uh, Basically, uh, my situation is uh, I've been in a tumultuous uh, relationship on and off for about uh, three years now. Good word. And um, there's a a pending, uh, well, there's a TRO right now. And uh, it's potential to become uh, permanent. Okay. Uh, the is- the issue is is that it has uh, a direct impact on my job. How so? I'm trying to get a uh, well, I'm trying to get a, a security clearance with the uh, federal government. Oh. So th- this actually. Uh, <laughs> All right. So you're having a hard- first- so that'll stop you from uh, being hired if you have a uh, a restraining order that's pending or that's even in place. Correct. It, potentially. All yeah. right. Well, potentially uh, is different than it actually is in place. Well, the the TRO is in place. So why don't you the, fight? Why don't you fight the permanent order then? I, I am I am fighting right. the permanent order. So what's your question? Uh, the, uh, so the question is uh, this: This actually isn't the first time around. This we've been through this. Uh, okay, so this that charade. so that helps. That helps you. <laughs> so so what's first, your question? First time around. No, well, no. The do... question it. Yes. Well, well. The the question would be: she, There was a precedent set uh, two times before. Well, she filed and she dropped the case. All right. So, what's your this question? The, the question is: this, Does she have? Uh, will the judge care if uh, if she has filed in the past? Don't know. And she decided. Don't know. I'm sorry. Don't know. I, I have no idea because you can look at it two ways. Uh, the judge looks at it and says, "Okay, this is a woman who's filing, and it's filing in both those cases were fairly flaky. Because that'll be part of the order. That'll be part of the hearing. Or the judge can look at it, depending on the testimony, and say." Uh, a TRO should, uh, not even a temporary, a permanent restraining order should have been entered, but she is giving him another chance twice well, before. The, so, the, it de- so it depends on what the judge believes, and it depends on what the testimony is. Well, the thing that the thing is uh, that the last conversation we had, she uh, she told me it's not even about getting the restraining order yeah. at this point. Michael, she, no she, one cares. No, no one cares about what your last conversation is because she'll deny it. Well, well. Well, the th- the thing is, she she says this. My ex husband is forcing me. Doesn't to matter. It doesn't matter. So you're gonna so you're gonna put a you're gonna get in on the stand, and you are going to say she told me that her ex husband was forcing the issue. She gets on the stand. Does she agree to that? Does she admit that that's the case? Well, it, it's in text form, but I guess she could lie about it. Well, it's in wait. It's in text form that she said that to you. Yes, and you yes. have it. I, I haven't. Oh, then that's great. That. And that you show that to the judge. She can then at that point you have it in writing. That's just what she said. 
then then restraining or then restraining order is over. He'll never grant it. The judge will never grant it under those circumstances. Open shut. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You're gonna be fine. Yeah, finally we got. You know how long does it take to get there? I mean, these are all ten second questions, and they drive me nuts. But then again, that's what this show's about, isn't it? To drive me nuts. I mean, the entire purpose. My you read my contract, and the purpose of this show is not to answer legal questions, not to entertain people. It's to drive me nuts. And it's working beautifully. Henry. Hello, Henry. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, how are you? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Yeah, I was uh, telling the guy before you that I was at the Walmart store in Chino, California. And uh, as I was taking care of my business and washing my face, uh, the store manager opens up the door, big enough that the whole Whoever was behind him saw me nude. It was a bunch of kids and a lady holding the baby. What were you doing in the bathroom uh, nude, Henry? I wasn't nude. I was cleaning myself up. <laughs> All right, and he and you were at the and you were at the sink. That was the sink. While I was turning on, he opens the door and says, "Oh, I knocked." And he goes, "Oh, opens the door." Everybody in the store saw me nude. Well, okay, wait a second. Was it a now? sink, Henry? Was it a single-use bathroom? Yeah. Okay, and you didn't lock it. I locked it. How did he open the door if it was locked? Store manager key. Oh, he used a key to open the. Okay, he used a key to open the door, and there you were inside, and you were naked. Yeah, and turned around, I was pooped, and he goes, "Oh." Then he walks away, and as he walks away, other people started coming in, and I had to push people out, and then we locked the door. Then I went to talk to the manager about it, and they told me, uh, "Well, you know, every the, the, the supervisor's not here, and." All right, hold on. Henry, let me ask you, uh, as soon yeah. as he closed the door and he walked away, did yeah. you not lock the door? I was spooked. I was uh, I, it like, oh, my God. You know, I looked at him, and he says, oh. And and then he left. Yeah, right. And then he left, he and, left. Clo- and he closed the door behind him. But he didn't lock it. So people that were online came in after he closed the door. Wait, but didn't you lock but after he closed the door, did you not lock it from the inside? That was I was trying to I was like, wow. You know I understand. And here you have to answer the question. Did you lock the door after he closed it as he walked out? No. Why not? I I didn't have time to react after the after the point Okay, and then and then who and then who walked in? Another customer walked in. And I had to push him out. Okay, it was a man who walked in and saw you naked. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? Okay, so, okay, that shouldn't have happened. What do you think that's worth, Henry? I don't know. I just, like, I'm just, like, that was my favorite store. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. All right, so they he screwed up. The manager screwed up. So what he did is he opened it with a key, walked in, and there you are, and he said, oh, my God, and walked out and closed the door behind him. And, yeah, and, and then someone yeah. walks in, a guy walks in and sees you naked, right? Yeah. What do you think but that's I worth? What is that worth, Henry? I don't know what's worth, but the thing is, people in the store, as I was leaving the store, people were laughing at me. And I go, I cannot go back to that store no more because that was my, I live in the area where that store goes to. So how many, go, people, oh how many people do you think saw you naked in uh, the bathroom? Uh, I would say mostly kids. How many? To, yeah, how uh, many, Henry? God. Uh, a few kids. A few kids. How many? If you had to guess, how many kids were staring into the bathroom? I would, I would say it was going through my thoughts. I would say at least 
three or four kids were standing there with their mom. The mom had the baby in their hands. And they were standing they walked, and they were standing right out the door. And staring at me. Staring at you. All right. What do you think that's worth, Henry? I don't know what it's worth. Now, how about nothing? How about nothing? Does that make sense? Because nothing certainly works for me. They made a mistake. You didn't lock the door afterwards. And uh, I doubt people were laughing at you, but that's uh, that's your issue. You have to prove they were laughing at you. And that was your favorite store, and you can't go there anymore. Yeah, that all works, doesn't it? Good case. This is Handle on the Law. I'm on a lead. Bill Handel here. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Hey, Bill. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Bill. Can you hear me? Here we go. Yeah, I, yeah, I can hear you now. Bill, welcome okay. to uh, the show. Yes, what can I do for you? Well, uh, we had a wind turbine company, Ogen, put a prototype wind turbine on our property about five, six years ago. They went bankrupt last April. When they did that, they, we were never on the grid because we live up there close to the grapevine. And we were seven miles, three miles from power. So they run the grid 110, single phase, and, and uh, three phase power to our house in order to run the wind turbine. When they went bankrupt, I told, called Edison and I said I would take over the single phase power. That cost me $60, $70 a month on average. Then I my well, which pumps water to my property, is three-phase. So three-phase was also available, and I said I would take over the freeze-phase, but you don't typically send this to residential areas or agricultural areas. I want to know what it's going to cost me per month to have that three-phase. Otherwise, I don't want it, and I don't want to pay any bankruptcy fees or anything like that. Well, you're not going to pay bankruptcy fees. I mean, it's not you going bankrupt. Hey, let me ask you, in terms of the the three-phase versus one-phase, okay, why don't you just get a phase generator that turns, uh, that you can have uh, one phase that effectively runs three-phase equipment? I I already have a phaser. I've done that. But I'm having to pay... At first, the bill from Edison was $20,000. Now I'm having to pay $12,000 back to Edison. Just a little under twelve. Why? So Wait a sec. Why are, why are you paying $12,000? Why did you pay 20000 and then 12000 Was it to run the electric uh, to your house? No. Uh-uh. The power was already there. I, so what are, I you, paying Ed- what are 20- you paying Edison for? I don't know. They won't tell me. $20,000 and then $12,000? So they, no, they- no, 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 no. No, no. I they first the bill was twenty thousand. They reduced it to twelve thousand. Okay, and they won't so my tell you. My wife and I are paying a thousand dollars a month to Edison. Okay, and, and you they don't know. Won't even talk to me. That's crazy, and you don't even know what it's for. They said it's for the three phase power that I had. That I was never part of this Ogen thing. I never done anything. Yeah, they give me free power. When wait, I wait a minute. Did deal. you? But you did you ask for three phase? No, it was already there. And then there, so it was already there, and all of a sudden now you're asked to pay for it. Yes. 
I and, well, and it's, this it's a got, and I don't even have three phase power anymore. So it was only there yeah. for uh, a few months after. And they, and they won uh, twelve thousand. And they won twelve thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a mess. I can't find, yeah, I you got to find you. Okay, you've got to. What you have to do is go up through the food chain at uh, Southern California Edison. That's they all. Won't hardly... Then you have to. Then you oh. have to. Then you have to file a lawsuit. I mean, that's all you can do. I mean, if they're not willing to talk to you, I, I don't know what to do. What do I do? Well, I, I because I've called lawyers and I've called utility lawyers and nobody wants to touch it. Wait a minute! They won't take the case on an hourly basis. Lawyers won't. No, I, I sent in a deal yesterday to GOP something that was on the in line because I've been told go to the internet yeah. and try and find lawyers. Nobody will get back to me. Uh, you know, and you're willing to say I'm willing to pay you, and no one is interested in getting paid. A lawyer. You can't find a lawyer that's willing to work for an hourly wage. Uh, I haven't found anybody. Okay, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, there's no lawyer I know that turns down money. I, 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 you know, $400, $500 an hour. Nope, not interested. I don't want any money. I don't want your money. Come on. Really? I just There's always something weird on that. I mean, I, you know, just for jokes, call up a lawyer you know, not contingency, because that's a different issue when they take a percentage. That they want to know there's a good case. But call up a lawyer and you have a crap case and say, you know what, I'll just pay you for your time. Nope, won't do it. And several lawyers. Okay. Uh, Yogi. Is that really Yogi? Yes. Wow, interesting name. Uh, I, I assume that's a nickname or your folks have a very good sense of humor. No, my folks never called me that. I got it in high school from okay, my buddy. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right, what can I do so, for you? Okay, this is about a traffic accident that I had. I was, in, uh, I was involved with it. Uh, it involved my little truck, me, and my little truck. In Belmont Shore on a dark uh, beach street, dark night, uh, I was hit by a skateboarder. And when I say hit by a skateboarder, uh, I'm driving, and I'm making a left turn, but it's a 45-degree turn because there's a changing grid. And so I make the turn, and shortly thereafter, I hear this bang, and I never saw anything. I get out of the, my car and look down. Here's a skateboarder on the ground holding his knee. Okay. And so later, I discover my driver's side out rearview mirror outside is flipped to the side. So he hits... Bottom line is, after the cops come and the fire truck comes, and then he's down. And at first, they said he said he didn't even want to go to the hospital or anything. Okay, but so the cops looked around, and I had, I'm coming home from work. I had no drinking. I, yes, I had my seatbelt on. Yes, I signaled. Blah blah blah, all that stuff. Yes, I have my driver's license. Yes, I have insurance. All I, I mean, I'm good, right? So anyway, so I said to the cop, "Geez, I hit this guy." Or I mean, he's looking at my headlight, and there's a crack there. And I said, "Sir, that was there before." And uh, so I, he said, well, sometimes accidents happen. Yeah, Yogi, I'm getting a little bored with this, okay? Uh, yeah, right. So I'm you, sorry. You, yeah, okay, you have so to sort of bottom so line I get it. A, so, so I get a call. I get a letter from his lawyer. Got it. And, I, and they want, and this, he's suing you and wants some money, right? Yeah, well, and the police report says that the skateboarder uh, Okay, that's easy. So what's, so what's your, right okay, what's your question? My question is, what am I screwed? Am I no? You turn it over. No, no. What Yogi, can I do? You, you know? turn it over to your insurance company. Let them deal with it. 
Yeah, right. But I and right, and I have been called by, uh, contacted by both sides. Okay, you, know, they, you, you turn you, one side. The skateboarder side wants to know how big my insurance is. Okay, the yeah. other side said I'll come out and you can show me where it was. Right. You know? All right. So it's all going. Uh, it's all going according to uh, to Boyle. Or is that Royal? It's just it's just free fall. I mean, it's like it's in the ballistic phase. I can't do anything. No, right? you turn it over to your insurance company, and uh, now this thing is on its way. This is exactly what. Should happen, and uh, the uh, okay. and the reason that the other lawyer said what your what your policy is whether yep. or not it's worth really going balls to the wall. Uh, if you have minimum, it's fifteen uh, thirty, which will be a fifteen thousand dollar claim that they'll have, or they'll settle settle for fifteen thousand yeah. dollars, assuming that yeah. uh, you are held at fault. And uh, and what you're saying is he hit you. And here's the police report, although that's not determinative because uh, the police weren't there. But the police investigated, yep. and they said, yep. based on what we saw, it was it looks like the skateboarder's at fault. So your insurance company yep. takes care of it, and just do whatever yep. the insurance company says. Okay. Unfortunately for me, I have two fifty five hundred k. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This thing is not going to uh, go anywhere near that. Uh, yeah, and but I, that lawyer's licking his chops, isn't he? I of course mean, he really is. Not. Of course he is, Yogi. That's it's a personal. It's a personal injury me. lawyer. Of course, he's going after you. That's why you have insurance. Insurance. Yeah. That's it. It's insurance. Okay. Yeah. God forbid. Okay. It's insurance. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, it's I N S U R A N C E insurance. Spell it with me. I N. Right. Jeez, Louise. Yeah. Well, what a shocker. Lawyer is licking his chops. Yeah. Never heard of that one. All right. This is Handle on the Law. Get up off your knees, girl. Stand face to face with your God. Find out what you are. Welcome back to uh, KFI AM 640. We're simulating talk. Bill Handle here on a Saturday. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, hey, Jim, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Yes, sir. I've got a question for you about a quit claim that I signed um, about 11 years ago with an ex. And uh, she continued to remodify but never um, uh, never refinanced the loan. How what did she wait a second? How does she did, – did, this is bizarre. They, yeah. you, did you sign on all the modifications? Uh, no. Okay, so I don't know how she modified a loan that is in your name as well as hers. So that already I don't understand. So, hmm. but what's your question? My question is, um, after the, the last big economic downturn, she continued to modify because they, they were about ready to, to foreclose and they, they just wanted to give the properties back and make sure no one was homeless. So my I couldn't afford to keep the place, so my ex-wife uh, remodified it and uh, um, I was under the impression that I'm still, I, I'm not, I can't make any money off it when she sells it, but I'm still responsible yeah. and liable. You are. You're still responsible for the uh, the loan. That's correct, because you never got your name off of the loan, and mm-hmm. uh, you signed the ownership to her. So she owns the place, and both of you are responsible to pay off the loan. What I'm surprised is out on a quit claim deed where it went all to her, 
I'm surprised that the bank didn't simply call the loan and force her to refi. But uh, I, I don't know why. But yes, uh, there's uh, absolutely no question that you would still you're still on the loan, and uh, the payments are late. Have you run a credit check on your yourself, by the way? Um, not recently. No, payments aren't late. She, she, oh, she, okay. They so, were oh, late. They were back and forth for a long time. Okay, so they never reported a negative credit. N- no. Okay, so your but question it's been is... 11 years. It yeah, doesn't your, matter. Your question, no. It doesn't matter. Your question is what? Well, I guess you answered it. What kind of idiot would do that? Yeah, Hot exactly. Me. No, it's... No, no, you... I ask that question, and you answer it. And, <laughs> okay, uh, go and go ahead and answer it, all right? All right. And the answer is what kind of, well, the question is what kind of idiot would do that? And, Jim, what's the answer? Uh, A horribly misinformed one. No, the answer uh, is I'm that kind of idiot that would do that. That's that's your answer, Jim. And that's how, yeah, that's the way it goes. All right. Uh, Robert. Hello, Robert. Yes, Yes, sir. Yes, I am here. I've got, we just finished a lease and moved out of a property, and the owner uh, sent us the security deposit accounting. First of all, I have one general question. What is the term for uh, a, a contract when it's drawn up by one party without uh, any negotiations? So I, that that doesn't words, that doesn't matter. What do you mean? What is the term? In a, I'm a, uh, if there's a legal term for when he does that, uh, it's a type of contract. No, no, uh, it's a contract. Contract. If one party draws it out and both of you sign it, it's just a contract. Great. Okay, my first question is, uh, he gives us the accounting. Yep. Uh, he takes $50 late fee, saying that we used uh, 3500 he, he took out 3500 said unpaid rent for me. He had that 3500 since we moved in, and uh, uh, I don't see how he could request uh, $50 late fee when he already had the... Yeah, you're right. Money. No, you're right. So, so that's gone. So what's your no, it's not gone. You can sue him for 50, 50 bucks, but that's a Oh no, he's going to sue us in small claims court. For I know what? For cuz he wants us to pay him an additional 1087. For what? I'm that's what I'm going down. Uh he's in the contract which I don't believe is legal. He said in the lease agreement that if we it's a one-year lease, which we were there for a total of 2 years. He said that if we move out before 3 years, he gets to declare one thirty-six per month for painting and upkeep of the property. Okay, and but that's a but that was a one-year lease, correct? Correct. All right, that lease is over. At one year, it stops. Right, but he says he wants prorated. He's well, let him. Pro- I mean, he can say all he wants. I mean, he can go on and say right. if you move, uh, but it's a one-year lease, and right. that's it. Because it, then it becomes a three-year lease, is correct. what he's arguing, and uh, it's not. It's a one-year lease. So uh, so there's no plan. Let him sue you, and you just uh, go to court and go, it's a one-year lease, Your Honor. That's what Very this is about, and it's just a way for him to get money that he doesn't deserve. That's all you have to say. You're fine. Exactly. Yeah, you're fine. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Okay, uh, my question to you is that um, I've been uh, summoned for a bench, I guess it's a, a bench trial for to collect a debt. And um, the debt is for $800, but they're trying to get me for 8000 Yeah, they tend to do that. How, how, old, uh, how old is the debt? Um, a, about a year. And, origin- and it was $800? Yeah, and, through a bank. Uh, and the bank is suing you for 8000 with an $800 debt that's a year old. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you have to answer the complaint. You can't let uh, it uh, just fly. And, yeah, I did that. And you just show up the day. Yes, I did. I showed up to the court, but they, they issued a, um, a what they call a, a bench um, trial order. Okay, and what happened? Uh, I didn't go to it yet. It's not, I'm not there yet. I just was wondering what was going... What, well, a what, bench what trial is in front of a judge. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's okay. all that means is you're not there's no way you're not sitting in front of a jury. You're just sitting in front of a judge. And your argument is going to be, uh, how do you get eight thousand dollars on an eight hundred dollar debt that's a year old? Okay. And they're going to have to somehow uh, they're going to have to justify, I don't know, a million dollar per a million percent. I have no idea. Uh, it's. Whatever that is, from eight hundred to uh-huh. eight thousand dollars in a year. I mean that. I mean, think of uh, the interest rate on that. I mean, that's insanity. So uh, right. there's. Uh, I don't think you have to worry. I mean, you'll certainly be liable for the eight hundred, and you'll probably be liable for some late fees and interest. But you're sure mm-hmm. as hell not going to be liable for eight thousand dollars. So just is show up. Possible? Okay, just show up. That's that's it. Yeah, okay. tell your story to the judge. I just want to thank you because everything that you, every advice that you've ever given me, I've done, and it's always been right, and you pretty much rock. Thank you very much. Wow. Okay, I want everybody to calendar that. All right? How often do you think that happens, huh? Every, every couple of years. You know, but uh, thanks, Mom, for calling in. I uh, really appreciate that, Okay. Handle here. This is Handle on the Law. Handle on the law. Bill Handle here with marginal legal advice telling you you have absolutely no case. All right. This is in Pennsylvania. And it's a case involving a middle-aged man uh, and a teenage Mennonite girl. You know the Mennonites. You know, the horse and buggy and they wear those uh, pioneer dresses and uh, they shun you when they don't like you. And it's just a bizarre. uh, I mean, they're nice people and they're. Very moral people. Uh, It's just horse and buggy in this day and age. Okay. So uh, this middle-aged man, Todd Richard Ferry, tries to kidnap a teenage Mennonite girl in the driveway of her family's home. And they convict him. He gets 10 10 to 20 years, the maximum. And he is now in, in jail, and he sues to have the sentence reduced says, uh, I don't deserve the, uh, the sentence, the maximum sentence. Why? Well, because, and let me tell you what an idiot this guy was. I mean, you talk about an idiot. She is riding home, uh, her bike home from work, 
They're at a produce farm. She's getting mail from her family's mailbox. When a man knocks her off the bike, grabs her, she didn't see his face, but she heard him say, get in the car, you're coming with me. She breaks free, runs home, but not before her assailant rips her dress and bruises her shoulders and knees. And the girl's mother calls the state police. Uh, They can't identify him. It looks like uh, the guy's going to get away with it. But he uh, left in the mailbox an apology. I'm sorry about the wrestling match I had with you. He signs, or he doesn't sign, it's unsigned. He said, I fell in love with you. There's no way to approach you. And now I have failed my only way. I still want to meet you, and you don't need to fear me. Uh, The problem is he licked the envelope. That's DNA. He's an idiot. Uh, And at first he denied, but uh, then admitted accosting her because he just wanted to talk to her. Yeah, throwing her off the bike and doing whatever. So he was convicted on charges of attempted kidnapping, false imprisonment, child luring, assault. Uh, uh, Several Mennonite witnesses testified that he was overly friendly with young Mennonite girls. And uh, the judge rejected his arguments that uh, the sentence was too severe and the prosecutor should not have been allowed to use the DNA evidence or testimony of uh, the Mennonites saying he was all over these young ladies. Uh, no, it didn't work. Uh, he got the maximum. How can he not get the maximum doing that? He wasn't accused or convicted of rape because that didn't happen. It was assault. It was uh, attempted kidnapping, and he deserved it. You know, I mean, uh, he ended up with, uh, what, 20, 30 years? Uh, yeah. Let me look at the paperwork again. It was 10 to 20 year prison sentence. All right, let's take some phone calls. Hey, Kyle, welcome to Handle on the Law. Handle. Yes, sir. The Don, my man. So uh, I have a quick question. Let's keep it short and sweet because I know you uh, like to run through it. So uh, you kind of struck a chord with me and my fiance earlier uh, on in your radio show about a little company called DocuSign. So I'm not too familiar with this whole uh, social media age um, as I don't like to get involved in it. So my question is as simple as this. Um, how do you deem a creditable document uh, per a supervisor of that company? Uh, I guess it would be pertaining to a, a lease dispute. Okay, I, don't, um, I understand. Uh, how do you so uh, ascertain the credibility credit- of uh, that yeah. document that you're signing? Uh, well, more or less, no. Act- well, what had happened was is upon uh, her uh, signing the lease, um, in an apartment, and then finding out after you know our third being there for our third year re-signing, and we started realizing you know reading through the lease being renewed and then renewed again, and then going over the terms and conditions. Some little things were a little finicky. I started reading through it, coming to find out that um, the lease company actually took her signature, took it out of I guess the e-verified signature as DocuSign uses, and uh, changed it to a pre-drawn style select signature, not on our behalf. We did not do it. They altered the at least, uh, if you will. Got it. All right. So So that's what they did. So they did it wrong. All right. So now my question is, um, it starts first with, so what? Uh, a breach of contract? It's not a breach at all. I mean, basically based on what you said, there is no contract. If you didn't sign and you didn't agree to it, then, then, uh, there's no contract. So you're on that you're on a month to month. So it's not a breach. Uh, okay, so what do you do? What do what what you then, um, I guess, uh, more or less, um, what do, where do where would I go or where would I look for better terms? Because I'm not too familiar with Okay, this. so, um, wait, no, no, don't, so you, you're, you're, mis, you're, you're misinterpreting here or you're conflating okay. uh, the document, uh, the uh, 
uh, electronic document signing and uh, the acceptance of uh, the the contract. So, are you okay with are you oh, are you okay with the lease itself? No, I was no. We were actually evicted, and then you're saying that there is why are you wait 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 why were you evicted? That's what we're trying to figure out, but no one wants to. No, we got stonewalled by the by the. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on a minute. You were evicted for no reason. Uh, no, they did. basically we had withheld the rent and for one month. One you went, month. all right. And, so you were uh, so you were evicted for non-payment of rent. Um, but we were still within the lease, and the payment was not due yet. We were still on all right. The, so I I don't quite understand. So payment was not yet due, and they filed a. Uh, unlawful, yes. detainer unlawful detainer for non-payment for non-payment and it wasn't and okay and it wasn't i'm sorry i have to get this right and it and the and the money was not yet due and they still said uh you're not paying rent that's not due um I, yeah to better help you clarify um and speed it up so what ended up happening was is um they had said hey your you know your lease is coming up and you know it's going to expire do you want to resign we started looking over it looked at the money and the amount and said okay we reviewed it and then um, we're like you know uh, you know can we can we get a little bit of time and yeah no problem every you know everything was documented and then um, we had read over the lease and was like wait a minute this isn't your signature so then we called DocuSign, got them involved. And when we brought that to their attention, that's when they went ahead with the legal process. Talked to the community, residential community manager, said, oh, I can't okay, talk to you. But I, okay, I understand, but I'm still confused for them giving uh, you a three-day notice to pay rent or quit when the rent was not due. That's what that's And so did you, so did you, when the unlawful detainer was filed on the fourth day, was the rent due on the fourth day? Well, I guess um, I will get to that. Can I ask one question? On upon the three-day notice that's posted, you know, pay rent or yes. quit. If if the amount is different, even adding security, you know, carpets, everything's getting restored, or your keys are, you know, you don't turn in your keys quick or whatever, and it still doesn't even add up, and it's still more. So it's obviously not the correct amount. All right. That it wasn't even served correctly from beginning of well, the day. The, the, but yes. Okay. So uh, did okay. you did you fight it then based on an incorrect uh, figure? Did you no, answer, so, did you answer the complaint at all when they filed an unlawful yes, detainer? Yes, you answered yes, it, yes, and you did, yes. one of your defenses is that the three notice to quit was an incorrect figure. Did you in, even attempt to pay the rent the correct figure? Yes, and I have it actually on. Okay, the and memo. so and then they evicted you. That's a wrongful eviction. That's what, okay. So yeah, it has nothing to do with your illegal. signature. It's nothing to do with your signature. It's just a wrongful eviction. You're again, you're oh. conflating. It's just a wrongful okay. eviction. That's, That's it. Okay, so we are right. Yeah, okay. it's a wrongful eviction. Uh, go to a lawyer, landlord, tenant, lawyer. Wrongful evictions, is especially when you have a major complex. If there's a if there's a manager, uh, a complex manager, uh, you're talking about some money here. This is handle on the law. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Uh, pleasure having you here. And this is Handel on the Law, marginal legal advice. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Hi, is this Bill? Yes, it is. Hi, Bill. Long time listener. First time caller. Thank you. What, hey, can, I, what can I do for you? Um, I was a live-in facility manager, caregiver for a developmentally disabled home. Six adult men. Uh, level one, so limited behaviors. Uh, the owner and the administrators of the this three private homes was a certain religion, and we had a new client start, 
um, about a month and a half ago, they asked the client. The client's mother is his conservator, um, and they asked if the client wanted to join in the Bible study. She said yes. They never told her the denomination. A couple weeks later, she came to the house when I was there. She asked me the denomination because her son's verbal and was, I guess, talking about it. I explained to her, I don't know what anybody's religion is, but the religion for this Bible study is such and such. And if you don't understand it, just Google it because I didn't want to give any personal opinions about anything. She said, okay. Uh, three weeks later, I get called down out of my room because I'm the live-in. He comes over at 8 o'clock, and he fires me on the spot because he says that she complained to the regional center because he never disclosed what religion it was in the Bible study, and I told her what it was. All right, I'm a little confused. Sense. Okay, so uh, just curious, uh, what uh, denomination was it? Jehovah Witness. All right, you're a Jehovah Witness, and you were doing a Bible study with. Uh, and you're no, the- I wasn't. I was. I wasn't doing the owner and the minister of Jehovah Witness. And for the clients of the house, they have Jehovah Witness come and do a Bible study once a month. Okay. We we have a new client that moved in. The other guys don't have any guardians or conservatorship. He's conservator over them. He, we had a new client move in whose mother is very involved with him, and and she was her, and she was upset that it was Jehovah Witness, right? Right, because and they, okay. yeah, they never told her. Okay, so and that and you got later, yeah. and you got fired because of because what? That was a, I told her it was Jehovah Witness. Oh, simply because you said it was a Jehovah Witness, right? Yeah. And they gave no, no yeah. opinion. I said just Google it. Got it. So she got mad at the owner and wrote a complaint letter to. Got it, and then the and the owner fired you. Yeah, because he doesn't right. like any complaints. All right, and fair he enough. Never let me see it. So, what's your so question? What's your question? No, yeah. you don't have a case. Well, I know it's at California's at will. Right, but it's not even that. The issue is not the religion part of it. The issue is the accusation you didn't share the information about the religious part of it. See, that's the okay, problem. It's not that G- wasn't towards me. That was towards him, though. I right? understand, but it, you got caught up in it. And uh, right. they can fire you. I mean, Kathy, they can fire you for any reason. They can fire you simply because someone writes a letter saying, you know, I really don't like her. Oh, okay, you're done. Okay, I understood that part, but I just was. Yeah, it but it's was, not. But it's not a religious issue. It's a. And if it were a religious issue, let's say you got fired because of a certain religion, uh, which of course is illegal. Uh, California state law, which is really weird for California, uh, had the Supreme Court issued a statement. If there's any other reason, including the discrimination, which is not allowed, uh, then the firing goes forward. So they all, have to, right. all they have to do is come up with a reason, and uh, you're done. So, no, unfortunately. Uh, I know. It you, just didn't seem fair. Yeah, yeah you don't have a case. Fair. So, uh, <laughs> and by the way, the uh, how many people were in the uh, Bible study course, the group? Um, all all uh, four. Four? How'd, four. You get, how'd you get four people under one doorway? Oh, you mean the witnesses? Yeah. Two. <laughs> all right. <Two. laughs> Uh, just two in a you can put two in a doorway, uh, but four is a little more difficult to squeeze under a doorway, don't you think? Uh, Janet, hi Janet, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, I have a weird fence question for you. Yes, ma'am. I have a house I live in that was built in 1927. The house next to me was built in 1938, and it was built a little lower on the ground. The land is kind of sloped. At some point around 1938 or after, uh, a fence was put down the property line, and it was part brick going back to terrace, you know, the angle downward, and then on top of that wood. At some point, the people next door to me attached a carport to the brick portion of the fence, 
and the two metal poles were in the brick, and the other two metal poles were attached to the house, their house. Now, fast forward all these years later, the fence is falling apart. The brick is um, shaky and cracked. Yeah, all right. Now, now, the fence is uh, right down the property line, yeah. right? Uh, I would argue that they have to fix it because it's their issue that is causing the fence to go down. Well, that's what I said. I, that's what I think so. In half, and they said, no, it's your fence because you've got the good side, so we're not going to do anything. Eh, I don't think it works if it's down the property line. I think they're going to have a problem with that. So, well, especially I was wondering since the carport was attached right. to the house. Right, so that's, that's a double hit. So I think I would argue they're completely responsible for the repair of the fence. Oh, because I'm a senior citizen. How can I make them pay? Would I get a real estate lawyer? No, God, no. It's small claims. How much is it going to cost to fix that fence, oh, you think? Oh, probably two grand, maybe. Okay, then that's your lawsuit. Small, oh, okay. Yeah, get a bid, get a bid, get a bid, uh, a bid Janet, and yeah. uh, then you just take them to small claims court and argue. Take pictures. See? Their carport, they're up against the fence. They're the ones that screwed it over. I want uh, $2,000 to repair the fence. Thank you oh, very much. bless your heart. Okay, you. so uh, that's good. God, bless my heart. Wait till she loses. And uh, then it's not going to be much of a uh, bless your heart business. Gene. Hi, Gene. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you for taking my call, Bill. I am in the process of doing a uncontested divorce. And I've been served the paperwork. And I looked in the uh, front two pages where you check whether you want child support or spousal support. And all the proper things have been checked as we agreed, my um, future ex and I, where there will be no spousal support and no uh, child support, even though the children are over 21. Um, My question to you, sir, is on the last page, there is a financial. And on that financial for her, it shows that I supply over two-thirds of her current income. Is there a possibility that the uh, court will override? No, no, no. If she signs off and doesn't want support, uh, then uh, no, the court's not going to override it. Now, what the court might do is uh, ask her, are you aware that you're entitled to support, especially if uh, there are no lawyers involved at all? If it's uncontested, and I'm assuming you took this off uh, the Internet, right, the documents? That is absolutely correct. Okay, then the judge may question her. Are you aware that you're entitled to support, and do you want to change this? And she says, no, I don't care about support. Done deal. Well, that's good news. I appreciate that. All right. We'll see what happens uh, when uh, she realizes that she can get some money, some real money, some money money. Then you go, oops, okay. This is Handle on the Law. Players. KFI AM 640 for stimulating talk bill handle Saturday morning and welcome back to handle on the law. Hey, George, welcome to handle on the law. George, you there? Hello. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, a friend of mine uh, gave his dog to a woman to watch while he's in the hospital and uh, she won't give him back. Mm. 
What can you do about that? Yeah, it's a slur or what? Yeah, you probably he's gonna have to go to court if she's not gonna give it back. I mean, she can't go over there and you know stick a gun to his head and say, "Give me back my dog," um, or give you know stick a gun to her head. Uh, it, it's a tough one. Uh, I mean, it's easy to 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 get it back. I don't think any court would not issue uh, an order. Problem is, she's got to get in front of a judge. Now, in small claims, all she's going to get is money. The value of a dog, and if it's a mutt, is it is it a show dog or is it just your run of the mill dog? No, it's a, no, it's a pure dog. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember what the breed is, but uh, okay. And so, is it worth a couple of thousand dollars? Is it worth a thousand dollars? I mean, purebred well, dogs. Worth, to me, it would be worth because it's a real good, nice dog. No, 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 no. One, George, no one cares about whether it's nice or not. It's um, what do you pay for a purebred dog of this breed? Probably what? a thousand. Okay, so you thousand. So it's a thousand bucks is the value of the dog because it's a piece of property basically, and that's all it is legally, and it's worth a thousand dollars, and she has. Uh, effectively converted a thousand dollars. It's uh, the issue here is conversion. She was given the dog to watch, and she kept it. Uh, that's not theft. That is conversion, which means uh, that's a lawsuit that you have to go to. The police won't touch it. And the police won't do anything about it. No, no, the cops won't do a damn thing uh, because it's a civil issue. It's not theft. There's no crime here. It's a, a civil case of conversion, and so she has her choice. If it's worth a thousand bucks, she sues. For a thousand dollars, and that's a small claims matter. And but most people like their dogs a lot more than they like their thousand dollars. And so uh, it's uh, where does she go? She's probably gonna have to get in front of a judge and ask for an order where the judge orders uh, the woman who has the dog to give it back. But she's got to go into she, but she's, she has to go into court. Can she go to the small claims court? No, I just told you, small claims court. All she's going to do is get money. We get to get money, so she has to go to Superior Court. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. It's a drag. There's no fun on that one uh, because the law regards a dog as a dog, not a child, not a member of your family. It's a dog. It's just that simple. And I understand people love their dogs, uh, and they're, they love their, kid, their dogs so much they consider members of the family. I don't like my kids that much. The way people like their dogs. All right, Daryl. Yes. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Well, my wife was married to a gentleman who paid uh, union dues into the meat cutters union for 10 years plus. So they divorced and she remarried. And 10 years later, he passed away. Is she entitled to any of the benefits paid into the union? I think it depends on what the... uh, the union benefits are, uh, for example, uh, my dad had a pension plan and it died with him. Uh, I see. Okay, so it depends on the plan, and if it depend, it also depends on. Let's say uh, it's the surviving spouse, but they're not even spouses anymore. So uh, no, I don't think she gets much. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's tough. I know you married a woman. You thought she had some money, and uh, because of the pension plan, and not. It's time to get rid of her. I get it. All right, Dannon. Yes. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Hey, Bill. So my ex-wife, she's um, she's basically trying to get my get my my son take him away from me, and so she has her boyfriend living with her, and I have on a can I is, is this admissible in court? I have a uh, 
a, a recording of me on the phone with him saying that she went out drinking the night before, but it was, but it was, it's, it's him that I'm talking to. She went out drink. He said she went out drinking the night before and she just got in and it was like seven in the morning. Okay. He's trying to claim that I'm well, an alcoholic. Uh, so is that admissible? No, uh, because uh, you didn't get his permission to record it. Also, it really doesn't matter. The kid is living with you, right? No, the kid lives with her. Oh, the kid lives with her and you're trying to get yeah. the child. And I'm trying to get Okay. More. Now, the question is when she was out drinking, did the boy was the boyfriend at home? Yes. Okay, so he was taking care of the child. Effectively, she arranged for a babysitter uh for her kid. Right. Yeah, uh, so why would you take the child away from uh why would you think the court would say, "Well, uh, you know, you were out drinking all night, having nothing to do with your child being taken care of because you arranged that to make sure your child was was uh, taken care of. Someone was at home covering. Uh, I want the kid based on that. Why would the judge agree to that? Well, no, I'm not saying based on that. Ba- I'm, he's saying that I'm that I'm a, dr- a, a drug oh, addict. Oh, they're saying so. Blah, 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 so blah, blah, blah. wait a sec. He is saying that you're a drug addict. She's saying that I'm a drug addict. So what? Of course she's going to say you're a drug addict. Right. What does the recording have to do with that? Well, it just says that she was out. That doesn't matter. You think court. the court doesn't care about that? Uh, you're, you're right. Yeah, the court only cares is the kid's safe and being out drinking all night while the child is being taken care of. There's a babysitter there. Uh, and maybe you, and of course, you know, this is what spouses do. You're a drug addict. You're a murderer. Uh, you're a child predator. You're a child molester. I mean, they argue everything, uh, and that judges are used to hearing that. Uh, hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Yes, sir. Yes, uh, I have a, a rental house, and I rented it out on a uh, 24-month lease. The tenants just told me yesterday that they won out of the lease, and they've got 13 months left to go and then they wanted to get their um deposit back well that's not going to happen uh so what is your question and my question was are they liable for the other 13 months if i really wanted to which i probably don't yes yes they are liable they signed a contract so negotiate with them saying you are liable so tell you what i'll let you go if you pay me another two months uh payment two months more rent and then you're out of the lease and you can leave now, but this is what you owe me. I'm keeping the deposit, which you're allowed to keep, because that brings, if they have 13 months left, effectively that brings down their liability to 12 months, although that's, uh, there's a whole issue there. I mean, you're allowed to keep, uh, you're allowed to keep the uh, deposit, uh, still collect all the rent, and it's only after they move out that you can deal with the deposits. But in reality, everybody takes the deposit as last month's. That's just a practical move. But, yeah, they're responsible. Sure they are. Oh, okay, because I wanted some. I was probably going to take nothing. I just wanted to keep the deposit and hope they didn't damage the property. And then, yeah, I mean, at that's, least I, at least yeah, I have something on my side. Yeah, that's that's part of the negotiation, Mike. You're holding. All right. You are holding all of the cards. They owe you thirteen months on your lease. Now, if they move out, then you have the duty to try to rent the place. You can't Correct. just let it sit there. You have a duty to mitigate your damages, which means you have to make a reasonable attempt to rent it out. And um, if you are, let's say it takes you three months to rent it out. Uh, well, what ends up happening is they're only responsible for three months because you have 
uh, the amount of money that's coming in. If you have to rent it for less money than what you're what they're paying, uh, they're responsible for the difference. It's a question of your damages, how much rent you lose, and that's it. And then how would I how would I recoup that? You once sell, you sue gone? them. You sue them. Okay, that's it. That's all you do is you sue. Okay, Bill, you're up. Welcome yes. to Handle on the Law. Yes. I was talking to you about the wind turbine, and I can't find lawyers. Uh, you know what, Bill, 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 if you can't find lawyers, go to handleonthelaw.com and see if you okay. can find a lawyer. Handleonthelaw.com, okay? And tell them you're willing to pay. And I've got over 100 lawyers, and my bet is someone is willing to get paid for doing legal work. I know you can't find anyone, and I know that every lawyer you talk to is not interested in making a living. They somehow went to law school and took uh, a class in how to practice law without making any money. I get it. It seems seems that the word Edison bothers them. No! Oh, please. Really? The word Edison bothers them. And so, uh, you know, it's a more, you know what, let me tell you, it's the other way. And I'll tell you why. Because it makes the case even more complicated. And they're charging you for every minute they spend on the case, whether they win or lose. Okay. All right. This is Handle on the Law. Welcome back. KFI AM six forty more simulating talk. Bill Handel here on a Saturday. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, hey Austin, uh, welcome to Handel on the Law. Hi. Um, all right. So, so my mom was looking or is currently looking to go solar, and she signed a contract with one company. We'll call this company A. All right. They. In, at the end, of, after a lot of terrible customer service, after signing the contract, trying to follow the process forward to install, eventually the system finally gets installed. But it is a completely different system than what she signed the contract for. Far fewer panels, fewer coverage of her electricity usage, etc. So she was like, "All right, well, I've been very unhappy with this company. They breached. This isn't the <laughs> this isn't the system I signed up for." So she went out and got another quote, a much better quote than even the original system that Company A was supposed to install. So she told Company A, hey, come take these things off. I'm going, I'm switching to Company B. They gave me better everything. And Company A says, no, 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 you can't get out of the contract. We're just going to come put on the system we originally said we would. And she's like, no, I don't want to okay, do you hey, guys all right. So they're will- the All right, they're willing to live up to the contract as it was quoted, Correct. Correct. All right, so they're willing to come out and do it all. Um, and uh, your mom says, I just don't want any of it to take it out. I, I think your mom has a problem with this because what they're doing is uh, right now, if they decided they weren't going to do anything, there's a suit. Uh, not for taking it out. That's going to be very difficult. It's usually It would usually be just for small claims when uh, it would be the difference between what they said and what they did, uh, just bring someone else out and go, how, how do I, how much is going to cost to match what this bid was? Getting out of the contract just because there's a system out there that's cheaper, hey, that's her issue. She could have gotten a lot of other bids. And the fact that she didn't is not their problem. You're you're correct. Yeah. So she yeah. did get other bids. I, yeah. I, I, so I so the problem is, 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 is it not working? 
is it working uh, less than what they said it was going to do? Uh, it was going to work. And on the other hand, and they're saying, okay, we'll go ahead and add panels to the original contract. They're allowed to mitigate. I think your mom's out of luck until it doesn't work. Okay. You know, co- a contract's a contract. It's because you don't like it. Oh, I found something cheaper. Uh, take it all out. No. Now, if they wouldn't, if, if it is completely broken and it simply doesn't work, and it's not a question of uh, fixing it or putting in more panels. Yeah, then you take it out. Take it out. I'm done. Uh, you get to remove it and bring the property back to where it was. In other words, anything you've mounted has to be taken off and repaired. If there's holes, if there's tiles that were removed, although you bring in another company and say, can you use these? Would you use these? All right. Hello, Fred. Hey, Bill. How are you? Yes, sir. Yeah, I have an $8,800 lien, and it was uh, it was recorded a month ago. I want to know what my options is to stop this lien other than paying it. All right. Well, uh, first of all, uh, you're not going to stop the lien other than going into court and having the lien removed and then bonding the lien. But w- since you owe the money and they've liened the property, Fred, what are you going to say uh, to stop the uh, lien? What What is your defense? Well, my defense would be uh, I propose a payment plan. I'm sorry? I'm having a hard time hearing you. Uh, I would propose a payment plan. And if they agree to it, that's fine. And they'll remove the lien after it's all paid off. Okay. Yeah, there's no there. if it's a legitimate lien, uh, there's no way to get, it, get out of it except bonding to the lien. Putting up $8,800 with a bond or putting it up with a court. And or an escrow situation, and then the lien is removed. Because what is a lien about? It's about collecting the money on a judgment. And if you have the money put aside, then you can argue that, okay, the money is here. Let's say there's a dispute. If there's no dispute, there's no place for you to go. But let's say there's a dispute. You have a, and it's usually contractors that throw a lien on, And you're arguing with the contractor saying, no, I don't owe the money. And they throw the lien, which they're allowed to do pursuant to law. And you want to argue that you bond to it. You throw a bond up uh, to the extent of the lien. Some courts want more than that, depending on the statute. All right. We shall return. This is Handle on the Law. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have no case. So there is an inmate in Texas who uh, is on death row and was temporarily spared by the U.S. Supreme Court. And unfortunately for him, his death, death sentence was just reinstated by the state court. 
after it was determined that he was competent to be executed. What happened in 2017, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court faulted Texas for an obsolete standard of assessing if an inmate was intellectually disabled. The court had ruled, Supreme Court, in 2002, the execution of people who are intellectually disabled violates the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution, which bans cruel and unusual punishment. So the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals uh, said in a decision that Texas had revised its standards to better reflect modern medical thinking and abide by the U.S. Supreme Court directing uh, directive. And by the way, under the new protocols, he still isn't disabled. And we still want to fry him. And so off he goes. And that happens quite a bit. Uh, in a 1973 case, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned uh, all the death sentences in the United States uh, because of uh, the way the death sentence was being applied and juries were being picked. And uh, that's why Charles Manson, incidentally, was taken off death row and given life imprisonment with the possibility of parole, by the way. Of course, he never got parole. He went to parole hearings for 40 years. And uh, he had a tough time with the parole board. He'd come in with uh, a swastika that was uh, that he slashed open on his forehead with a razor blade. And he would scream at the parole board that it's their fault. And they really committed the murders because they were part of society. And uh, needless to say, those hearings did not go well for him. Uh, but uh, in this case, uh, even under the new rules as established... Um, this guy is going down. Mr. Moore is, Bobby Moore is uh, going to be executed. Let's take some phone calls. Okay. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, Samir. Hi, Samir. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Good morning. Bill. Yes, sir. Uh, I got a couple of problems. I did, I call you once. I said my wife she want to divorce me because I play gambling. If you remember, anyway, I I did the solidated credit company. You know his name national something. And after I pay him just like a ten months, I decide to do bankruptcy because I owe this tax sixty four thousand, and uh, my paper came just like fifty four thousand for the. Solidated credit. I say I want to do bankruptcy. He say, okay, we do, we do it for you. And he'd say we charge you eighteen hundred bucks because already you pay us almost close to twenty five hundred, three thousand. I don't remember exactly. Anyway, I pay him a thousand, and I stop really because I get very tired. I don't have money, but now I have money. I call him seven times. The seventh time he called me, answer one time, and he say, okay, we we'll let uh, the law. The law people give you a call back. That's three days ago. Still, I'm waiting. Nobody. Okay, well, three days ago uh, is uh, that's a nothing. And and this is the weekend. Uh, They're not going to call you back. So you have to give it probably a week. No, no, three days ago from yesterday, not today. But it doesn't even matter. I mean, you're still dealing with the weekend. And uh, you, yeah, you can't expect uh, that they call you back immediately, especially if you're talking about the law people. Give it a week. Uh, and if they don't call you back, uh, then you then you start arguing with them, and you uh, then uh, I would contemplate small claims court against them, and see where you go on that. These uh, uh, these consolidation companies are 
pretty tough. There's a lot of sketchy companies out there, and you have to be very, very careful. Uh, matter of fact, I would say the percentage of companies that are outright fraudulent are pretty high, uh, for sure. All right, Joe. There you are, Joe. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Joe, you're up. Huh? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. My question is this. After a rental, when is a deposit refund due a, and can I serve the person that I gave the key to? All right. Uh, it's a little confused. Okay. You have a rental? Uh, no. I was renting a place. Okay. I had a $5,000 deposit that was due on the, uh, I moved out on the first of this month. And A, B, I gave the key to his representative. All right. Can I serve the person I gave the key to because he's the owner's out of state? Yeah, I would. You can serve. Uh, I mean, you're not going to personally serve, but I would name both of them. I would serve the representative uh, not only individually, but as an agent of okay. the owner of the property. Yes, you sue for your $5,000. Now. Uh, they have, I believe, three weeks, maybe it's a month now, uh, to give you a full accounting. Were you given an accounting? No, nothing All right, yet. then if it turns out, and I forgot the statute right now, if it is uh, three weeks, if it's three weeks, it's over for them. Uh, because if they don't give you an accounting, then there's no defense. Then they have, then you get the $5,000 back, which you're going to get anyway, by the way, based on what you said. Uh, but yes, oh. I, I would sue both of them. Uh, one through an agency issue, you serve uh, the uh, manager, the representative uh, on both sides. Carol, hi, Carol. Yes, Bill. Yes, ma'am. I, I have a family trust and uh, leaving my four children as beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. And I, what I would like to do is add my granddaughter for equal share, make okay. it five shares instead of four. Yep. And I called the lawyer that made the trust, and he told me that he charges three fifty an hour, and he didn't know how much it would end up. Can I uh, do as you were talking on the intestacy? No, uh, no, will? intestacy has nothing to do with that. No, you okay. want to ch- you want to change the trust, and a lawyer wants uh, three hundred fifty dollars an hour to change the terms of the trust from four beneficiaries to five beneficiaries. Everything else exactly the same, correct? Right. Yeah, that should take about 12 seconds. I would oh, go good. to another lawyer. Uh, if your lawyer says 350, now it could be that it's 350 an hour with a minimum of one hour. Okay. No, he, didn't, he didn't say that. Then it's time for another lawyer, Carol. Okay, it has to be done through a lawyer. No, but I would. How, how big is the estate, Carol? Uh, it, it's over a million. Oh, God. And you're not going to go to a lawyer? Well, I have the uh, trust all made out. I understand. So what are you going to do? I'll tell you what you do. Hey, why don't you in uh, in ink, right, when you have the names of all the trustees, you sort of sideways squeeze in the name of your granddaughter. What do you think of that? I don't think much of it. That is correct. You don't think much of it, and I wouldn't either. So My daughter is a contract lawyer. and I just wonder if she could, yes, it would be she could probably she could probably yes she could probably do it if certainly not calling a friend and saying what do I do you want to have the language uh, there's a, there's a little bit of language because you have uh, this because you're changing the terms of the trust and there has to be language that this new trust supersedes the previous trust 
uh, that's dated. Uh, it's there's a little bit of technicality to it, but okay. uh, it. B- believe me, if you're talking about three hundred fifty dollars with no end to it, no, that's crazy. Talk to your daughter. Uh, that is much easier. And for those of you that are going to just add a name, sort of uh, at the in, you know, handwriting or scribbling after the other names, eh, I uh, I probably wouldn't do it. All right. This is Handle on the Law. So give me one more shot tonight. I will tell you if my heart This is KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handle here on a Saturday. Welcome aboard, everybody. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Uh, hey, John. Yes, what can I do for you? Hi, Bill. Thanks for taking my call. How sure. We were at a, a rented a room uh, for 4th of July, uh, me and a few friends of mine. And uh, we all parted ways. We all came in separate cars. And, uh, and about an hour later, after we checked out, uh, we get a phone call from the hotel manager saying that someone in the room had taken a bag. So I called uh, both of my friends, and one of them said that, yeah, he found a knapsack on the floor in the parking lot, not inside anyone's room or inside anyone's property, just on the parking lot on the floor. So I told him to return it, and he did, and this was this all happened within under an hour. Okay. So are there any uh, criminal or legal No, God, no. Me? No, no, no. Huh? Absolutely not. It's You took it. Uh, you, he, no, no. It's all a mistake. You returned it. Uh, it's not theft because theft is, is an intent crime. No, he's mm. fine. He's fine. Matter of fact, okay. uh, see, I would have kept it and blamed you for it. But, uh, hey, what can I do? Uh, hey, Rob, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello, Bill. Thanks yes, sir. for taking my call. Sure. October of 2016, um, I live in Los Angeles. I have a rental condominium in San Diego. October of 2016, my tenant, who the lease period was from March to March, told me that he was going to move out, move to Phoenix, Arizona. He said, I totally understand that I am obligated for the rest of my lease until you rent the place out. Um, I went down there. There was a lot of damage to the place. I repaired it. He's made... A few payments, but uh, well, wait a minute. When you period, talk, wait, wait, wait. He made a few payments. Uh, how many months did it take him to make those few payments? Uh, I'm talking since October 16th. All right. So how many months? Just tell me how many months it was. You're giving me all kinds of dates, and I don't want to go through the calendar. Uh, Understood. So how many? Understood. How many days? How many months? He has, not given, it, he has not Bill. He's not given me full payments for okay. any month. He's Fair enough. Me Little bits. Okay. okay. So my question to you, sir, is that as I live in Los Angeles, he's no longer living in San Diego. He's moved to Phoenix. I know where he is. He actually just sent me a payment of $70. He owes me approximately $4,400. If I'm going to take this gentleman to small claims court, do I need to file it in San Diego or well, may I file it in Los Angeles? Uh, you, can file, you can file it in Los Angeles. But here's the I question. Can. Yeah, you can. But here is the question I have for you. Please. And that is, it's been one, two, six months, right? What have you no, done? No, sir. No, how, sir. It's been. It, it, how long has it, it been since he moved out? Left. How long has it been since he moved out? It has, it will be two years in October of 2018. So and, did, been, and were you able, and were you able to rent the property after he moved out? 
I rented the property in March of 2000. Okay, so how many how many months was it? Uh, how many that's months? The amount when I when I tell you what the amount was. No, no, just tell me amount. how many tell me how many months it was vacant. October, November, December, January, February, five months. Five at, months, uh, and what did you at do? At Okay, months. so you tried. So it took you five months to rent the place, is what you're saying? Yes, sir. Because okay. I had uh, there was damage that was done. All right, how I long prepared. did it take you? Okay, how long did it take you to fix the damage? Five months. Uh, it took me a couple months. I just I had a stroke in 2016 right. at about the same time, yeah. so it Rob, was difficult for me to get down. There, yeah, here's so. the Rob. Here's the problem uh, that you're going to have, not in terms of him owing you money, in terms of five months worth of rent uh, that you want from him until you rented it, and the argument he is going to make is five months to rent a place where the housing market is this hot? See, that is where the court is going to say, Rob, uh, do you really want us to think that that is a reasonable attempt to rent the place? You have to mitigate damages almost immediately. Now, there's a which reason. I did, which I took, I took the damages out of the security deposit. That covered all of those and maybe $100 worth of no, rent. No. I. Go ahead. No, no, no. Damages is not taking the security deposit. Damages is uh, you have to mitigate your damage. Your damage, your main damage is not being able to rent it or not renting it and saying, well, I didn't rent it for five months. Therefore, you should pay for five months. That's the argument. But he's even, though, have. even though even though Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, but even though he had a lease. Yeah, of course. He, no, no. I understand he, he has a lease. But your duty is to mitigate. Your duty is to rent it as quickly as possible. Absolutely. And you didn't. I did what I could do under the circumstances well, because that's I, be... I, lived, I lived in Los Angeles. Well, that doesn't matter. Nobody cares about you living in Los Angeles, Rob. That doesn't okay. matter. Because you. Okay. Uh, what if you lived over in Europe? That means you never have to uh, try to, to rent it. And you owe the, own the money because it's just too big a hassle. Now, you can argue the, uh, you can argue the stroke and saying, I couldn't and it's not reasonable. And... Uh, that that's a defense to a defense. But the bottom line is, yes, you can sue a small claims court. Then the other issue is whether a small claims court will let you let you serve out of state. And I've seen it both ways. You okay. may if the court will not let you serve small claims sometimes does not allow people to be served out of state. They'll only deal if in they, state. If they've moved. Okay. Yeah. So therefore, you could file in superior court. I mean, it's still the same lawsuit. Then you serve and they have to show up. And you can do. Uh, it. Am I still representing myself? For yeah, I, w- I wouldn't get into. T- oh, not for forty four hundred dollars. Oh no, God, no, no, sir, I don't want to. Yeah, no, you rent. You, you know, of course, you represent yourself, but you're going to have to make a hell of an argument as to why it took you five months to rent the place. Well, and and he has been paying me. He's brought the amount. The amount was six thousand. Okay, it doesn't matter. He's, he's nickel and dime. Yeah, that's fine. Now, that doesn't mean anything. It means you. He still owes you forty four hundred. That's all. Yes. Yeah, that does. By the way. When you accept the money and he pays you, that doesn't mean you've agreed that that's the only amount of money that uh, is owed you and you've agreed to that deal. You haven't agreed to anything. He's paying off uh, $6,000 he owes you is your, right. is your I, argument. I him, and I keep, I keep the tenant, uh, the fine. former tenant, abreast of exactly Good. what his balance Good. is. Good. All right. So the, the issue is going to be, uh, the issue is going to be uh, that five months and that's it. This is Handle on the Law. Welcome back to KFI 
AM 640. We're stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. Jonathan, you're up. Yes, yes, sir. Hello, good morning. How are you? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Yes, sir. Well, you're not you're not on a speakerphone, hopefully. Sorry about that. I'm on a speakerphone. I'm off it now. Good morning to you. All right, let's do it. Okay, so the thing is, I was purchasing a mobile home here in Long Beach, and uh, my brother was living next door to me. He was at the time getting going through some things, so he's getting evicted. So the manager who had just come on had uh, started saying, "Hey, get out of here! You got 30 minutes to get off the property." Well, she she griped and complained to my brother, not knowing that I am purchasing my mobile home next door to my brother. Okay, so, so he told. Wait a sec. Yes, sir. So he told the manager told you to get out of there, and you have 30 minutes. Yes, yes sir. And you're now. Who were you living with at that time? Myself. I was purchasing my mobile home. Okay. I were you living? Were you living there in the mo- uh, in the uh, mobile, in the home, mobile home, park? home park? Yes, sir. You were. Yes, and I what you what unit were you living in? 246. No, no, I don't care. You, you were oh. living in the in the unit that you were uh, that you were purchasing. So yes, the people sir. you were purchasing from let you live there. Were you paying rent? Were you yes. living there for yes, free? Sir. I was paying mo- my mortgage and I was paying rent to the okay to the manager. And the manager showed up and said, "You have thirty minutes yes. to get out of here, right?" Yes, sir. While my brother was get, I was helping my brother. All right, uh, move. Okay, she came over saying this that or whatever. Okay, and what? Did, how did time. how did, and how did you respond? Okay, calmly. Um, I'm just helping my brother move, and we can completed moving and everything. But she didn't know that I was purchasing my mobile okay. home next door. So while I'm now, when she finds this out, she was harassing all of the situation for me to keep my place, which is my daughter. Just before she came on, which I said she was okay. I, I don't understand. Yeah. To keep okay. you, Jonathan, so, uh, I'm a little yeah. confused. So okay. she was harassing you to keep your place, and that is the 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 uh, mobile home uh, the mobile home you were living in that you were yeah. buying. How yeah. is she harassing you to keep it when you're already keeping it okay. and okay. you're buying it? Here's here's the situation. Before she came on, my daughter had had a uh, heart transplant, uh, not transplant, but she had to get a pacemaker uh, put in. So I gotten behind one month on my rent with the last manager, which we had agreed I could pay that off. So when she came on, I was behind already, but we had already worked out something with the manager prior to her. So she tried to thwart my efforts to keep my payments, which I had already arranged and everything with the prior manager. Okay, was that in writing or was that verbal? Yes, it was in writing. Okay, so you have it. So so ask me a question. What happened and ask me a question. Okay, so real quick, what happened is, uh, she wouldn't, a couple of times she didn't accept my payment saying I was late, which I wasn't. So I had to go ahead into Chapter 13. When I went into Chapter 13. That's not have, true. That's not true at all. Bad. She doesn't expect to ex- accept your rent. That's just too bad. She, she can just right. say too bad. And then she has to evict you and you just show the check saying here so, it is. So that's what I've done. Okay. I, I went ahead when I when I got behind. And I'm about to lose everything. I I went ahead and got a Chapter 13 lawyer, and we arranged to make payments to fix everything. All right, you have so to ask I'm me, not, Jonathan. This is going way yes, too sir. long. I'm sorry. You have to ask me a question because otherwise we'll be here for 15 yes, minutes. 
I want to know, can I go after her for harassment because she, the things I was doing, which was everything my lawyer told me to do, making my payments and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, so, I mean, and, are, you, my, are you still living there? No, no Why did you leave? Why would you leave? I got evicted. I got evicted. Even though, and you went to and you went to court and showed the checks that you wrote and that she refused to I, I get. Showed, I showed everything. Wow, to, and I don't want to tell I you. Showed. Yeah, you can theoretically sue her, but um, here's the problem: you were evicted, uh, and uh, you have a judge that didn't like you. Clearly, if you showed everything, I mean, it happens, and it's unfortunate, but it does happen when you get into it with a manager like that. Uh, it's which I don't understand why a manager would do that uh, because it's a rental. It's there. It's rent being paid. So I, I just don't get it. All right, Jerry. Jerry, go ahead. Yeah, hey, uh, Bill. Uh, my, my question is concerning that grandparents' rights on uh, my daughter's children. Yeah. Uh, my daughter is uh, divorced. She's sole custody by the courts of the, the two grandchildren. Um, what's happening here is she lives in Colorado. We live in California. And she wants to send the kids to Florida to live with a friend. And they're only five and three. And we're saying, me and my wife are saying, no, why don't you send them home to us? Right. And why don't you move home? Uh, and she's all, no, 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 I'm going to send them to Florida to go live with my friend. Got it. Okay. So what's your what's your question, Jerry? My question is, do I have to get a lawyer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. California, Colorado, and Florida? Probably. Uh, well, what's Florida? Where's Florida? Uh, Jacksonville, Florida. She, does she want That's the friend? Wait a second. That's the friend? She The friend lives in Jacksonville? Yeah. Okay, it's only Colorado then. And okay. uh, it's it's a custody issue. And you've got a great argument. Usually grandparents have absolutely no rights, Jerry, uh, right. as against parents. That's a given. However, uh, if as grandparents you go in and saying our grandkids are being shipped out our the our daughter the mother is effectively abandoning those kids and sending those kids across the country to a friend's house then you walk in uh and i think you've got a good good shot jerry of getting those kids now okay. you're now you're going to get custody you're not going to uh, be able to adopt them. You're not be able to, that she can always go back into court and say, I'm now here and I want the kids back. And the court will probably give it to, uh, to her, but yeah, and I have no problem with okay. That, then you, yes, but, you're going to, you're going to need a lawyer, Jerry, you're going to okay, need a lawyer in Colorado, family law attorney. You, you have no choice. What a weird mom shipping the friends off. I mean, I tried that once, uh, with my kids and, uh, I mean, Marjorie just stopped it cold. My wife, she goes, you're not shipping the kids out of here. And I said, but I want to. Rick, welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, sir. How you doing? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Well, just kind of curious about several points. I've used your website to get a civil, you know, looking for a civil attorney because there's been quite a few things that have transpired in the last two, three years of my life that just don't make any sense to me. And when I try to get, you know, go through normal channels, I'm denied due process. Okay, so tell me what's going on. Somebody's been cashing my dividend checks for the past 20-plus years without my signature. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah, when I, I have a police report, and the statute of limitations, I think, runs out in September. After and 20 years? Done. I'm sorry? Twenty A 20-year 20 statute? No, 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 no. Well, I just – let me back up. I totally had forgotten about these stocks. My mom's a bit of a control freak, but that's – We'll go some. <clears throat> how, how much is how much how much money on every dividend check? Well, what I'm getting currently doesn't jive with my memory of what was supposed to be delivered, but that's 
neither here nor there, but I've, try, I've been trying to get a history and beginning the Royal Runaround. Open, you know, um, fraud report with my local PD, and they're dragging their heels. I don't know, maybe it might have something to do with me witnessing one of their officers murder a motorcycle 30 yeah, years ago. But. I, I doubt that. <laughs> I doubt that. So uh, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little concerned. You've asked uh, whatever organization that's issued the dividend check, I'm assuming it's a corporation, right? Well, no, they go through a transfer company. And since the transfer agent was changed, they did it, um, well, they call it a, a signature verification audit. I guess my family draws a line at forgery. Because um, when I got this paperwork, it just was like, oh, Jesus, okay. Lord, I forgot all about this Okay, stuff. so uh, you have no idea how much those checks were? Before. Oh, no, the checks that I'm getting now, are, they fluctuate. depends on the value of the stock. You should know that. And But there, it's not a whole lot of money, but come on, 25 years plus interest, or 20 plus years plus interest. And how much How much are the checks for, Rick? Um, anywhere from 92 to 130 bucks okay, quarterly. Okay, and, and that's quarterly. All right, it's 500. All right, so I mean, it's money. It adds up with the interest. And yeah, stuff. no, no, it adds up. So the only way you're going to be able, by the way, due process means nothing here, okay? Uh, you're, that's not a word well, you want to use. that's other matters, because I've been libeled and slandered over that's not. That's place. still not due process. Uh, that's uh, simply a lawsuit for libel and slander. I mean, that's that's all that is. Uh, now, uh, and you have to be damaged on top of that. So oh, I've been damaged. How, your, oh, what, your career's been destroyed because of that? I'm sorry? Your career's been destroyed? You can't get a job? You were fired because if, of the libel and slander? Time, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. No, no, no. It's okay. We're, boy, I'm so done with that one, with a PD and a murder and a forgery, and they won't let me know, and my due process, civil rights. Oh, come on. You know, at some point, you just, that's enough. This is Handle on the Law. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here, and welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. All right. Uh, Ellie. Hi, Ellie. Hi, El- <laughs> Hi, Millie. Yes, oh, Millie. Hi, I'm Millie. I'm an older lady, and I took my... Boy, what a shocker. I never would have guessed that, Millie. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm 77. I took my two grown daughters a few months ago to Hawaii uh, at the Sheraton, and... Unbeknownst to us, we woke up uh, covered from feet to neck with insect bites. Ooh, okay, that's horrible. And and that is at a Sheraton. Pardon me? That's at a Sheraton is what you're saying. At a Sheraton, right. Okay, well. It took me a while and all of us to realize it wasn't mosquitoes because we had eaten outside. So anyway, I told the Sheraton that I wanted money back. They did move us to another room eventually. to pay, you know, we shouldn't have to pay for that. And I even went to urgent care. It was so bad, the scratching. Um, so anyway, it was through Costco, which was a good deal at the time. And uh, it lasted over a month. And I went to my own dermatologist, and she even wrote down they were bites. And the urgent care, well, bottom line, uh, Sheraton wrote back and said they inspected it the next day, and there were no fleas. The urgent care doctor called it anthropod bites. Um, anyway, I just wondered, uh, I would like to take them to small Yeah, I, I would think so, certainly for the medical costs. 
Well, I, I'm under Medicare. All right, so you have no medical costs. Now there becomes a problem because uh, it, effectively what you have is pain and suffering, even though uh, the medical costs were covered. And right. uh, yeah, I don't know what pain and suffering is. You can try. I'd go to small claims court and ask for 10000 bucks. Really? Uh, yeah. May, what, the judge may throw you out. The judge may say no. <laughs> I don't the judge. Be out no, it doesn't old. matter. No, you wouldn't be thrown out. The judge would take it under submission, and then he would send you a letter uh, saying, "This is my decision," because they always take it under submission. But okay. uh, what I, I'd give it a shot. And well, say, may I ask you? The problem is, I don't know. They said when I looked on small claims, you need to get the parent company, and I live in San Diego. Now you sue Costco and you sue Sheraton. Okay, and you but find out, and I, you find how do I find and Costco? Yeah, I would sue everybody. And, oh, they're and, such a good company, but it, anyway, well, but they're the one, but they're the ones that put you in that hotel. That's correct. Okay, so there's that. A complaint to Costco, I think, is very important because they follow up like crazy. A complaint, okay. a complaint where, to sh- how do I find the parent company? You look Sheraton? it up. You can just do an internet search because I did. <laughs> I'm dumb on pick. Well, I'm I don't old. know what to tell you. You know, I can't un I can't undumb you. So you may well, need is there some a place in uh, in San Diego administration building or no? Something? Yeah, well, there's a small claims court case there, but they're not going to help you find the parent company. So you I have to think f- it's Marriott. Uh, well, I not did. if it's not if it's Sheraton, it's not. Uh, I think oh. they're different companies, but it doesn't matter. All you have to do is find out corporate offices for Sheraton and corporate office for Sheraton. Yeah, okay. and you got Costco, so you know where Costco is. And you have, although I don't I necessarily not sue Costco, you know, why don't you, have you contacted the complaint department of Costco? Have you? Yes. And what are they doing? Well, so far, nothing. They said they were keeping on it, but they've done nothing Okay, now. you follow up on that. How long has it been since they said they were keeping up on it? When was the last time you contacted them? Well, they called me about two, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. Okay, and follow up. I recently up. called Sheraton, and that's when they told me they found no fleas. Yeah, it doesn't matter because you have the medical report said anthropods, and you went in there, and I don't even know what an anthropod is, but uh, it's, <laughs> oh, I, I mean, be- bed bugs, which aren't fleas, and I have no idea. But the bottom line is you've got a bunch of avenues to go to. Well, You're they di- did tell me, Sheraton, they had had a dog in that room two weeks prior. Well, that's their problem. Yes. That's not yours. That's their problem. They are the ones that can't have those bed bugs or anthropods or fleas in the room. Well, they weren't bed bugs, thank God, or I'd, we'd have brought them home, I'm sure. But Okay, anyway. wh- whatever it is, doesn't matter. Uh, okay. So you get to look at, yeah, I would go in small claims court, and you may not get any money, but I would go uh, Sheraton, the people that own the property, and that's another one you can look up. You know what you need? You need some help. Um you know, there are organizations out here, Millie, that I'm thinking about. You, I, here's what I would do. Okay. Uh, instead of you looking at all of this individually, there are law firms, organizations, clubs that are elder abuse. Okay? Oh, yeah. okay. Now, that's not to say that this is elder abuse because it's okay. not. But they will have – they can look stuff up for you. And okay. they have connections. And okay. uh, you want to look to um, – you know, the uh, attorney in charge of uh, Sheraton bedbugs in Hawaii. I mean, there's, there's, there's someone there who does it. That's where I would go is uh, look for someone involved in that just to get you started. Because you're right. You're 77 years old. You probably don't even know what a computer is. Uh, you know, we have airplanes now, uh, but you didn't know that either. This is Handle on the Law.
This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have no case. Okay, this is Washington County, and uh, there is a Washington County board member by the name of Mark McCune who is stopped by the police and is ticketed for a seatbelt violation. Dash cam video from uh, the police department shows the cop pulling over the board member, and he says to him, the officer is saying, I heard saying in the video, the reason I stopped you because it's a click it or ticket today, and I noticed you didn't have your seatbelt on. Well, he wasn't, he was wearing his seatbelt, but it wasn't up entirely. The officer said, do you know you're required to wear it all the way up and everything? And he said, I've got a shoulder issue, sir. And he was given a $10 ticket for the seatbelt violation. And the officer is saying, unfortunately, uh, we're not even allowed to give warnings for seatbelt violations. We have to give tickets. And McEwen comes back with Jesus effing Christ. And the officer said, I don't make the rules, sir. And McEwen said, I understand, sir. And the police officer says, all right, take care. And McEwen throws out another expletive. Uh, And the cop says, pardon? And McEwen goes, well, expletive shoulder. Okay, drive safely. So a year later, McEwen pleads not guilty, hires an attorney. His case goes to municipal court for trial a couple weeks ago. And the judge is not humored. Uh, Why? Well, according to the record, uh, the judge is heard saying, and this is all recorded, the client is wearing a clown suit, for the lack of a better term. Uh, Full down regalia, including the clown shoes, makeup, wig, hat, the whole bit. And the judge described the costume as insulting. It's insulting to me. It's insulting to the court. It's insulting to the prosecutors. It's insulting to the system in general. And the judge speculated that uh, McCune wore the uh, clown outfit as a way of making a mockery of the court. Hey, by the way, McCune played it straight in his clown outfit. The judge said, it's worth noting, this is a $10 seatbelt ticket. That's the issue today. And then the judge uh, recused himself, reassigned the case. He said, I can't hear the case in good conscience because of the way I'm fired up right now. And he actually said, I can't be objective about this. Uh, effectively saying, this guy, this clown sitting in front of me, how, how, how am I going to be objective? So another judge has it. And we'll see if McCune shows up in a clown outfit the second time. Let's take some phone calls. Hey, Elmer. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello. Elmer. Yes, sir. Okay, um, I have a situation. I am being sued by a collection agency. I didn't, I didn't pay my credit card for a couple of years. I say a few years, and I was, and I was left uh, the paperwork from court on the front of my door. Yeah, I wasn't really served. Okay, uh, first of all, let me throw a couple questions at you. When you say it's been several years, how long has it been since you made the last payment? How many oh years? Goodness. How many years has it been? I think it was around when the how, how many years? How many years? How many years? Just tell me how many five years. years. Five, five years. years. Okay. If it's been five years, then uh, they have no place to go. The statute of limitations is gone, so they can serve oh, really? you. Yeah, absolutely. But 
what you have to do is you have to go into court. Now, uh, you've got a couple of choices uh, about getting service. If you ignore it, you they're going to get a default judgment against you. Right, right. If you uh, you can make a motion to have service quashed by arguing that you haven't been served. And if you're there at the courthouse, uh, they'll just serve you on the way out. Uh, so that doesn't help you. So effectively, the argument that you haven't been served doesn't really do you any good because you have to show up okay. in court anyway. So that one I would ignore. However, I would answer the complaint because you have an affirmative defense, and the affirmative defense is the statute of limitations. Okay. They cannot go forward. If you have not paid the bill in five years, they're out of luck in terms of suing you. Okay, so... Right. But you have to answer so the complaint. Do- you have to answer the complaint. And so that- I need to, to go into the court? No, you have to, you have to, you have to write out an answer. And you can, oh, okay. yeah, you can do that. You can go to the internet. You, uh, there's all kinds of places you can go. You can do all the search words, uh, but you have to do it legally and then serve the other side and serve it with the court. So just assume you've been served, and uh, that's how to handle it. I know. It, and, and by the way, it's against the law not to serve someone. What happened to uh, Elmer is uh, that it was bad service. It's called garbage service, garbage can service, because quite often what collection agencies do, and I'm not saying it, this one did it is they'll give it to the process server who has a huge contract. Uh, eviction uh, firms do this too, is that the process server will just throw it in the, in the trash can, leave it on the door, and say, I personally served it. And therefore, I've been personally served. And you just, you just suck it up. That's what I would do. All right, Kim. Hi, Kim. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, I had. I was trying to find out what kind of attorney that I would need for someone that has taken my identity, and what they did is they took all the credit cards that I opened for their business, and he threw them under a debt consolidation. Now, I have proof that he forged the debt consolidation contract. Now I need to know what do I need to do to oh, fix the situation boy. I'm uh, in. Yeah, that's that's... Uh, and you and you opened it up for his business, and he had access to the card. Yeah, and, and he, then and he, he had, did is and he, he had his... opened up a business credit card in my name when I don't even own his business. So I also All have. Right. So why did you give like credit cards yeah, why, too? Why did you give him a card? Why Why would you give him a credit card to run his business? I didn't give him a credit card. See, when we went to the bank, we filled out an application, and when I went to the restroom. I guess he told the bank teller she owns part of my business, and I did not know that. He got everything mailed to his address, and when I questioned him, like, why is my name on as, like, a primary, he said, well, because I have best credit. And I uh, said, well, well, that doesn't matter. I'm uh, not a business owner. Right. I'm, I'm just I'm, your assistant. I'm, so but my I'm, I'm, issue I'm, is I have to report fraud okay. all around on this person. Right. So uh, let me get this straight. You uh you went to the bank. You took out a credit card under your name, and he was the one that committed some kind of fraud with the debt consolidation. Is that correct? Yeah, he you, put his you, name and my name on these credit cards. And you signed it. No, I didn't sign anything. They did it all on a computer. Then why? So they have no proof of a signature card or anything. Why were you going to the bank with him then? 
um, because he convinced me to be uh, work with him, and he said, you know, we need to open up credit cards for our business, blah, 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 open up a bank account, blah, blah, blah. But you did. And now and I'm and finding saying, out everything but, that he's done all right, against but hang me on. Is, hang on. is fraud. I'm, I'm a little confused. Uh, opening up the cards wasn't fraud because you agreed to it. You went to the bank. And I'm assuming you were part of the application process, unless you simply were accompanying him and just watching him do this. Were you just? Well, a- yeah, I was accompanying. All him right, so it had nothing from to. What I understood was got it. I was just getting a credit card to use under his name ah, for his business, he, not my name. Got it, and he forged all of that. All right, uh, now Cor- I understand. Correct. So okay. he lied to the bank. Right. Okay. So uh, now what you get to do is tell the bank there was a forgery. They're going to say okay. we don't care. And uh, the, the, the problem is, if you hire a lawyer, what kind of a lawyer? You got any kind of business lawyer, any kind of business litigation lawyer, but it's not going to be cheap. No, I know. Right now I have a criminal lawyer, and he's telling me that there's really nothing I can do unless multiple. he's committed multiple counts of fraud against other people, or his total debt is about 300000 from stealing from so people. What, so assuming you get a judgment against him, what now what happens? I don't know. Nothing, I mean, nothing. You still, I don't know you if still... I need to put a lien on his assets or, or what assets? anything like that. What assets does he have? Um, as far as I know, he's got some stock accounts. Um, he's got a vehicle. I, I mean, okay. on top of this, he even stole a vehicle right. from me, and I've been fighting to get it back. Right. Uh, I made think... a police report yesterday. Right. Hold on a minute. Do you still... uh, hold, on. Is, hold on, hold on, hold on. The truck all of a sudden got turned no. in yesterday. Uh, you got to uh, hold on. Put... Okay. Hmm. They don't talk. They don't talk. Uh, I was actually going to tell her all about it, but I guess not. This is Handle on the Law. Welcome back to uh, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Oh, right. Andy. Yes. Yes. Okay. I I bought a car, a brand new car from a dealership. Two of the speakers aren't working. Uh, I took it in. They said that the, the speakers were loose and the other one was disconnected. Uh, and that was a problem. Uh, it happened again. And they're doing me the same story. Is, is there anything that I can do? Like, What, what can I do about that? To, to, sure. To get take, it, it, take it to another dealership. Or someone else, and say how much it's going to cost to fix it. Whatever it costs, uh, you sue the dealership for. Now you've given him, or you've given the dealership. This is two shots now, right? That they haven't been able to fix it. Yes. All right. Uh, you know, uh, you can give them one more chance, uh, or you have the choice of taking it someplace else, having it repaired, sending the bill, which they're going to deny, and then. Take it to small claims court. Do you have a work order for the first two attempts to repair it? 
Yes. Okay, then you've got all the proof you need. And uh, you simply get it fixed. You send it to uh, the bill. They're going to say no, and you sue them in small claims. I think you, that that's the easiest way of doing it. Hey, Josh, welcome to Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? There you go, Bill. Yes, sir. I got a dead body that I need to get rid of. Can you help me out? Sure. So uh, it's just a dead body. Where's it hanging out in? A bedroom? Uh, it's hanging out in the closet. Uh is cremated about ah, 10 years ago. Got it. So it's, and, not, it's not really a dead body. It's a, a, a baggie full of ashes, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Gee, I was getting all excited there with a dead body in the closet. Man, you got all, You know what? You really got me going with an excitement factor here. Okay, so you want to get rid of it legally. Well, uh, all right. Legally, you can't just spread it around. I mean, that is against the law. But realistic- yeah, I understand that. Yeah, but Can't realistically, yeah, you know what? Who's going to bother? Who's going to say no? Right? So you throw it in the sure. garden. Depend- Let me ask you, who- did you really like this person? Not particularly. Not particularly. So you don't want uh, to honor this person uh, and give some kind of a ceremony or put, uh, put him or her in an urn and put it on the mantle, which I've always uh, thought was really a good idea. So, uh, no. you got all right. So you got a couple of choices. Uh, choice number one. Uh, is uh, you surreptitiously just go out to sea or you take it out in the forest, which a lot of people do, and there's really no way that the authorities are ever going to do anything about it. They're not. I mean, it's a tech, It's technically illegal. And do you live in an area where there's a lot of snow? No. Uh, too bad, because I'll tell you, uh, ashes work fantastic on snow. It's even better than salt. You know that in terms of uh, melting snow off the driveway? But... It doesn't really matter. Uh, it uh, you, you can do what you want uh, because no one's going to no one's going to uh, nail you. I mean, even if you're horrific and uh, want to even down the sink or down the yeah, you can do that. No one's going to stop you. But good, okay. good question. Uh, what do you do legally? Uh, legally, you have to dispose of uh, the body. Uh, I think you can do it in international waters, for example, with the Neptune Society. Uh, you can do it in national waters, as in your sink. Uh, but uh, they don't like that. Uh, they really don't like that. Uh, Joanna. Hi, Joanna. Welcome. Hi. Um, I am a renter, and my home that I am renting from is being sold on a short sale. So I want to know if I should continue to pay rent. Well, here is uh, the bottom line. You continue to pay rent to the person that owns the home up until the day the home is transferred. Okay. So, uh, but I would uh, find out, uh, you know, how, because the mortgage is not being paid, clearly on a short sale. And uh, I don't know how much trouble you're going to be in by not paying the rent. Because Mm -hmm. effectively, if the rent is owed, if you pay the rent to your landlord or to, yes, to the landlord, and the landlord is not paying the mortgage, what you're effectively doing is paying the bank uh, on his behalf. So um, do you pay the rent, yes or no? Well, to be perfectly safe, you pay the rent uh, up until the short sale happens. Okay. Uh, the short sale hasn't closed yet. then 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 the buyer is not the owner of the property yet. Okay. But if it happens so, mid, if it happens uh, mid month, for example, and you have paid the old owner uh, through the entire month, you're going to be screwed out of two weeks. Right. So, and technically, it would the new owner or new entity, whoever buys it, would they be legally obligated 
to return a security deposit. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. There it is. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. All right, uh, Rick. Hi, Rick. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, thanks. Uh, My wife received a a judgment. Her company was sold uh, last year, and the new owners later off didn't pay her vacation time. So we filed a claim. Uh, after we filed the claim, Corporation 1, they merged into Corporation 2, we'll say. Uh, then we received a judgment against Corporation 1, but now Corporation 2 is refusing to pay the judgment. Is uh, there any way we can enforce yeah, it? Yeah, you can, because if Corporation 1, when you talk about merging, did Corporation 1 buy Corporation 2 or Corporation 2, did it buy Corporation 1? Or do they just No, merge? no, they just they created a new corporation and merged Corporation One into two. Then you're gonna have to argue they can argue no all all the way around, but you are going to argue and you're gonna have to turn it into a judgment against the new corporation. But it that flows with it. The judgment flows with it. How how much money are we talking about here? About sixty seven hundred dollars. <sighs> you know what? I would sue uh the new corporation for sixty seven hundred dollars. You have to prove that they're the same entity, that they uh, became a company using the assets and whatever or money or whatever that corporation number one had. But I don't think it's that hard. Uh, they're going to have to say that's not true. We're a brand new corporation and you simply walk in with a, you, you simply just walk in and here's the proof. Uh, they're the same company. There's no bankruptcy. You're going to have to do a little bit of homework here. Okay. All right. There's no other way around it. And then that becomes... Uh, small claims. These judges are, uh, if it isn't an exact situation, uh, yeah, that's, uh, nothing's easy about that one. Nothing's easy about any of, any of this. All right, Chris, maybe you'll have an easy one. Hello, Chris. Welcome. Hello. Yes, ma'am. You? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. So basically, um, I'm dead. That's what the Social Security you sound dead. is reporting. Yeah, you sound pretty dead to me. How old are you? I'm 24. 24, and you're dead. Yes, um, the credit bureaus and the Social Security Administration, every time they run my credit, it says I'm deceased. Aha. Uh-huh. And I need help. I need to know what, what I can do in regards to this matter. Okay, what you do, well, that's a good question. What you do is, first of all, uh, you go to the credit reporting agencies, and there's three of the big ones, and you let them know that you're not dead. That's for <laughs> starters. And you have to contact the Social Security Administration. Now, you may be able to do that via the Internet, and they have to have some department uh, in Social Security that they, that deals with uh, people that we've said are dead that really aren't dead department. And uh, it's just a question of searching it through. It's fairly easy to do once you know who and where and what, but it it happens. Obviously, you <laughs> fell through the cracks, uh, yeah. Kim. So uh, now, uh, first thing you do is, of course, uh, the Internet search. Uh, you have to contact Social Security, and then you, you have to go through those hurdles or navigate that line. And then once uh, that happens, you contact the credit card uh, folks, the agencies. You can do that now. You can dispute it where mm-hmm. uh, if they say you're dead, you can put on there, I am not dead. And they're going to argue, yes, she is, even though she put on, she's not. 
And then you argue, but how does a dead person put something on that says that she's not dead? And they're going to say, good question, but we don't care. You're dead. (laughs) Time time for an Internet search. Also, a time for contacting uh, the agencies themselves and saying, how do I handle this? Because they're not interested in uh, placing you as a dead person when, in fact, you're not. It doesn't help their credibility at all. All right. Uh, hi, Jeannie. You're up. Welcome, Jeannie. Jeannie, you there? Hello. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Um, so I have a hard time hearing you. Hi. Um, I live in a small condo complex, and my neighbor's pit bull bit me and attacked my small dog. And I and the the, the people that live there are renters. And they don't have renter's insurance. So I wonder if I could go after the owners. That's kind of difficult to do. Uh, because is there uh, something in the lease that dogs are not allowed? And they let no, them in there? dogs up to 60 pounds are allowed, and their dog weighs 80 pounds. Well, you could theoretically go after the owners. Uh, yeah, maybe. And if, how badly were you bit up? I, I wasn't bit that bad. I had a large puncture wound on my hand. I had to miss a couple days of work. Um, my dog uh, had $1,200 worth of surgery. All right, so you got to do all right, paid, so you, The owners paid for that, though. Uh, the owner of property paid for that. Well, I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, You can go after, uh, you can theoretically go after certainly the people who rented the place. And are they still there? The, the renters have moved out and okay. it's empty now. They're trying to rent it again. All right. So they're basically gone. You know what? Yes. I, I wouldn't, especially if they've already paid uh, your uh, vet's bills. How much were your medical bills? How much, uh, and you lost a couple of days of work. How much did you spend on medical bills? I have insurance, so I paid the copay, 50 bucks, and then, you know, a couple of, probably about, total about $100 with copays. Um, you can ask the owners of uh, the property to pay you the extra $100. I wouldn't because they seem to be decent people. There's really no place to go because no lawyer is going to pick it up for a small puncture wound with $100 or $50 worth of medical bills. So uh, uh-huh. I think you have to just suck it up at this point. Uh, because the dog okay. is not there. They're gone. It looks like you have decent owners. So, uh, you know what? Hang it up. That's what I would do. Okay. Just, yeah, you're not going to go very far with that one. Uh, Clayton. Hi, Clayton. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Had an infection in my finger. Went to the doctor. Doctor told me to go home and soak it in water. Two, three days later, it went septic. They rushed me to the hospital. They cut my finger off. They cut your finger off? At the knuckle on my index finger. Whoa! So so you have a hard time. So you have a very difficult time uh, pointing and picking your nose now is out of the question, correct? It's horrible. I can't get one. Uh, Okay. So uh, what is your question, Clayton? Because this is already starting to sound like a pretty good case. What is your question, the man without the finger? the year... Of the personal injury side. It's already past that time? Well, wait a yes. sec. This is, um, uh, and that becomes, uh, it's, it's. you're saying it's one year? It's longer than that. How long has it been, Clayton, since you uh, lost and it's the medical malpractice case? How long? Oh, I, I would say like how long 15 has it been? months. No, you're still within the statute, Clayton. But they keep telling me there's a one-year limitation. No, 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 no. Not for medical malpractice, it's not. No, and not even for personal injury, it's not. Uh, you know, someone's giving, who's telling you this? 
um, uh, people I called for personal injuries. You're telling me the PI lawyers are saying well, 15 months later I, you can't sue? No, something's right. wrong there. No, Have you been to my website yet? Have you been to handleonthelaw.com? I try to navigate it, but I get kind of lost in it. But if uh, somebody could tell me how to do it, I'll do it. Yeah, just go on handleonthelaw.com and, uh, or have someone that you know uh, have someone that you know uh, help you out with that. I would point out uh, the person that did that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, uh, that was a, a bad joke there, Clayton. I was making fun of you. Yeah, yeah, so I'll you go to your it. website and tell them. Yeah, that go, yeah, you, you want to go to a medical? Yeah, you, you and I wear the same Panama right. hat. Okay, yeah, great. All right, so, yeah, that's what you want to tell them, the Panama hat story. What you want to do is um, have someone go to the website and contact uh, one of the lawyers who does medical malpractice. Let's go there. Wow. Losing an index finger? Ooh. From the knuckle on? That's... Can you imagine how that looks? Yeah. This is Handle on the Law. I'm what you need. I'll be your Welcome back to uh, KFI AM 640. More simulating talking from Handle on a Saturday morning. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. All right. Uh, Harold, there you go. Hi, Harold. Hi. Uh, go ahead, I have, Harold. Uh, I have Samiras at Bank of America, and we have what is known as a required mandatory distribution. Yes. At the end of the year or at any time during the new year, I'm required to take this certain percentage out. Yes. Or the government taxes me on it. Now, when I take it out, I add it to my other income, and I pay taxes on it. Yes. Now, the Bank of America has charged me $16 a tax on my distribution, which I told them they were wrong. Chase does not do that. And... uh I want to know if there's a bank commissioner I can get to. Uh, you know what? There, it's a junk fee, Harold. It's just a fee the B of A charges, and Chase doesn't. Yeah, they can charge well, you for I, removing. They can charge you for keeping it in. They can charge you for sitting on their heads. These are bankers that charge junk fees. And if they come well, up I with don't like it, then change banks. I'm going to. All I right. told them that I was going to okay. take every penny. Fine. That I have right. Bank of America. All right. They don't care. How much money do you have in all of this? Well, uh, my total IRAs are about uh, uh, $200,000. All right. So you talk to the manager of the bank, say, hey, you got I two. I have. And they don't care. They're still no, going to check. don't give it. Then, then you know what? Year, then though, you move. Then you move it. this argument. Then, Harold, what are you doing? Wait a sec. What are you doing staying at the bank and paying $16 every time you do this? Well, I'm the idiot. You yes, on, you are. You yes, about. yes, you are. You are the idiot. That's correct. Wow. You don't like sixteen bucks in junk fees? Okay, don't pay them. Oh, I thank goodness I have enough money. I have trust money uh, with my surrogacy practice, and so I have a huge chunk of money, uh, and it's all trust money. And just before I embezzle most of it. I try to put it into a trust account, which I do. There's enough money there where I just smile, and if they throw a junk fee at me, hey, 
How would you like to lose this money? You want to waive that fee, and they jump on waiving it. Now, you would think for $250,000 or $200,000, they would waive a $16 fee, wouldn't you? Maybe B of A has so much money, they don't care. I can't imagine that, but so be it. Hello, Mike. It's your turn. Yes, it is. Yes. uh, I entered into a venture with a friend to buy a taco shop. Uh, My role was to provide the financing for the taco shop, and my friend's role was to operate the taco shop. After about a year, it was obvious that my friend was not qualified to handle that responsibility, and I asked him to leave. We didn't have a written agreement, just a verbal arrangement. Um, after I asked him to leave a couple months later, I hear from a lawyer saying that I'm being sued for wages, and he's filed a claim with the labor board. He was never on payroll, so I'm a little bit confused. All right, and he owns the business, correct? Who filed the yes, D- okay. was, Who the, filed the, the DBA? Was owned by a corporation. Right, um, I was the majority owner uh, of the corporation, and he was the minority owner of the corporation. And he worked there. He he worked there in the in the capacity of owner operator, and that's and how do you know he was the owner operator? Who determined that that was his title as owner operator as opposed to just a shareholder of uh, the corporation? Uh, well, his entire role was to uh, act in that way. And, no, no, no. And no. His entire to... role his entire role was to manage it. Uh, well, yes, to operate it. Okay, and uh, and. He And you're saying that he shouldn't get wages even though there's no agreement whatsoever that you have other than stock that's owned by both of you. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. All right. Well, let's start talking about how many kinds of idiot you really are. And uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you open a business without having a written agreement? How do you open a business without an exit strategy? So when you bought... Uh, for example, uh, when you leased it, who ended up uh, leasing it? Who guaranteed the lease? I, I was the guarantee, personal guarantee on the lease. Oh, man, are you a genius. And uh, I'm assuming you bought foodstuffs, right? You bought inventory? Uh, there wasn't much there, but yes. I basically provided all financing required all right. to... All right, you want to hear the good news or you want to hear the good news? Uh, I want to hear all the news. All right, here's the news. You owe him wages. Interesting, okay. Yeah, the corporation owes him wages. Now, does Yeah, it... well, that's right. He's not suing me personally. He is suing the corporation. All right, then just, and what's that? Is the taco shop still making money, or are you going to roll that one up? No, the, uh, the, the taco shop was never profitable, and um, I'm in the process of shutting it down. All not, right. Not then... as... All right, then what you're doing is simply uh, dissolving the corporation. The corporation owes him wages, and we'll see if it translates to you. And I don't know the answer to that. That's a issue of labor law, and I am right. not a labor lawyer, although I certainly pay, play one on radio. So uh, the bottom line is, yes, he's entitled to wages. Where does he get them? Does the corporation, once it goes bankrupt, does the obligation of paying those wages flow to you? And I don't know the answer to that. And I'll tell you what I do know the answer. You are an idiot on a level that's almost incomprehensible. Yes. Okay, excellent. Good. So uh, he could have answered that himself. Absolutely. That's hard to believe. 
Now, I'll tell you something else uh, that whenever I talk a business, to enter in a business with someone and not have a written agreement is completely crazy. It's insanity where you set up who's responsible for what, what the duties are, uh, who's going to guarantee all of that as opposed to a handshake. How do you start a business with a handshake? So now the other thing you have to do, and this is even more important, and I've always believed this, and I was once involved with a business that was almost sold to a major corporation. And the guy who was negotiating for this major corporation that was going to buy a very small business that I had, I remember sitting down with him and negotiating. And the first thing he did was say, before we get into what we're going to pay, uh, what the duties are, uh, what the ownership is, I want to start talking about the exit strategy. And I said, what? He says, if it works, you know what? Everybody's happy. And we can usually work out anything. If it doesn't work, that's when it starts getting very contentious. And that's when litigation kicks in. So let us spend time exit strategy strategizing. And uh, that was, I thought, terrific. So uh, here is my business advice. And one of the things I've done is start a whole bunch of businesses. Well, maybe half a dozen, eight businesses, of which some are even successful. It's hard to believe. And... I always talk about exit strategies. Always talk about exit strategies. And even my best friend, uh, who I am partners with, uh, we have a full-blown contract, even though we, we want a handshake. But uh, it's, it, we have to have it in writing. It's just there's no way around it. What if I die? What if he dies? And uh, someone comes in. Oh, oh, who are you? I have no idea who you are. But I shook hands and we had a business. Okay, that's nice. Tell it to the judge. Handle here. This is Handle on the Law.